0: Welcome to Reputation Matters. I'm Creighton Webb. Kirby Allison is an expert in balancing personal authenticity with professional branding on YouTube, and he has three quarters of a million subscribers to show for it. Here's part two of our conversation. Where did the quality craftsmanship and tradition tagline come from?
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> is that at, something you've always talked about? Well, I the think words that,
0: you've chosen or used,
1: you know, so those three characteristics were always part of my narrative and ethos. Right. But there was a point at which, you know, I had a mentor that I worked with and we were refining our language mm-hmm. and we said, look, we need to come up with a tagline or something. And so quality, craftsmanship and tradition is kind of what just percolated at the top, because, yeah. you know, those are the fundamental virtues of, my ethos, right, of what it is that we're after. And so, I,
0: you know, it's kind of worked out, I suppose. So that's a great segue to something I've been dying to ask you. So uh, I, we're in the business of words. Words matter, word choice matters, mm-hmm. and, and particularly as it relates to reputation. Yeah. So one of the things you talk about is, is it relates to your audience, renowned tailors, dandies, and men of style. I think that's fascinating. Because yeah. if you think about it, at least in American culture, the word dandy is not positive. Yeah. So tell, tell
1: me, tell us about. Yeah. Where did you find that though? I'd probably (laughs) say that the dandy word is, you know, we'd probably strike that because I'd say that, and words do matter. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. Right. And I think that oftentimes we, you know, not enough importance is given to them. We are not in the business of like dandyism. Right. And we've had a rebranding where, you know, basically we re- when we rebranded to Kirby Allison, uh, our icon or like our logo is a Canon. Yes. Right. And, you know, again, like there was a lot of thought and work that went into finding that logo or that icon. And we decided on the Canon because ultimately it is my, you know, I don't know if opinion is the right word, but my position or philosophy that men dress up in suits and ties, not to go and dance around like dandies, right? But it is our uniform, it is our kind of coat of armor to go out there into the world and fight, you know, for whatever it is we're building or we're doing or for our families. Mm -hmm. And this is our uniform. And so there's a reverence, a respect, and a seriousness behind dressing well that has nothing to do about looking fancy or fashionable. And I often say that we're actually in the anti-fashion business, right? I mean, we sell clothing, but we couldn't be any more different than fashion, because what I, you know, really uh, advocate for is classic menswear that has sustainability, uh, longevity, and timelessness, right? And so, um, it's not, it's inherently not fashionable, um, and that is a, you know, you know you know if I was described as a dandy I feel like it's I'd be almost offended you know yeah yeah because you know that you know there's an there's a you know kind of a, a visualness of that of like the dandy like you know it's it's dressing up for a little bit it's a little bit too uh self-worshiping mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I just don't like that's just not me right whereas yours this is a, this is the uniform of a yeah. gentleman yeah and uh, you know there's a degree of connoisseurship, like I enjoy dressing well, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like I enjoy it. I find that uh, there is a, 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 a just an intrinsic satisfaction to dressing well, mm. right? And to dressing in clothing that's well-made because it makes you feel better mm. and you're more comfortable. And I enjoy, you know, those elements of quality and craftsmanship. Mm. I appreciate that. And so, you know, there's, it brings me, personal happiness to like, know that I'm wearing a beautifully made suit that's handmade in London by a tailor that I've had a relationship with. You know, those things bring me intrinsic joy that have nothing to do about anyone else, right? And I think that part of what we do in the channel is really talking about that and helping men understand that that exists. It's not something to, you know, to be ashamed about, right? Um, and that, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a real virtue there. So
0: you mentioned getting feedback. Do you get negative feedback? I imagine in this day and age, there's also folks who are like, let's do, do something on the casual office attire.
1: Uh, Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I read a lot of the comments on our videos, right? I mean, especially, you know, if we publish a video, like a new video we publish twice a week, uh, you know, I'm in there probably reading and responding to most comments for at least the first few days it's out right now, if a video has been out for two years, probably not, I'm probably not seeing those comments anymore. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you know, whenever you put so much of yourself into something right and you know, the YouTube channel is an expense for us. Like we don't make money on the YouTube channel. Right. In some ways it's charity, right? Mm -hmm. Because we film with people that make more money off the videos that we film for them than we do. Right. Um, And it changes a lot of people's lives, you know, I mean, especially now at this scale, I mean, whenever we film with a bespoke tailor that's had no marketing, you know, I mean, the video can really have a a profound impact, you know, on their business, Um, which is a joy for me, right, to be able to, you know, to, to, uh, to give that or to support, you know, the people that, you know, I think are worth supporting. And so whenever you give so much of yourself to something and then like, you know, you read these YouTube comments of like people like tearing you to pieces, like, yeah, I mean, sometimes I take it personally. (laughs) Uh, Well, why wouldn't you? And as a small business owner, everything's personal, right? Exactly. Uh,
0: No, I completely understand. So I have the pleasure of knowing you personally and have always enjoyed our our friendship. But I, I wanna ask you, do you feel like Kirby Allison, the person is the same You've talked about Mm -hmm. the things that you love and how that's manifested itself Mm -hmm. into your business, but is Kirby Allison the person the same as Kirby Allison the brand and the individual I see on your YouTube channels? And if so, or if not, what's the difference?
1: Yeah. Well, I think that that was one of the uh, largest challenges for me in the development of my business was, in some ways, divorcing or disassociating Kirby Allison the brand from Kirby Allison, the person, right? I mean, it was that hurdle is what I had to get over in order for me to even add Kirby Allison to the the company name, because it just felt so conceited to like, well, why would I call it Kirby Allison? Like, it's just not me, right? Uh, but ultimately, you know, with help and with, you know, and, you know, to prodding cleaning. and, you know, and it probably still took too long, you know, I really, you know, was able to begin to understand that, you know, you know, Kirby Allison in some ways is an ideal, right? I mean, it is me, right. But Kirby Allison, the brand and like Kirby Allison, the YouTube personality, right. Um, you know, is not exactly the same person that Kirby Allison is in the flesh, right? So Kirby Allison on YouTube, you'll never see him wearing shorts, a t-shirt, right. I mean, like he's dressed a certain way. You know, and that is certainly how you see me dressed most of the time. I was going to say, I've never, I've seen you You in shorts, never in a t-shirt. But, um, but it's not to say that like, you know, I don't wear shorts and t-shirts whenever I'm hanging out with the kids. Sure. So, you know, I've had to, and I think that that's also important because like, you know, the, one of our first videos, I remember, you know, I think maybe we've since removed it, it was like me in a pair of jeans unshaven, you know, with a button up shirt with no tie. And, you know, my mentor at the time was like, that's not Kirby Allison. Like Kirby Allison is in a suit and tie and a white shirt. And it's the only way he should ever be seen. Right. Wow. And so, you know, it took me a while to be like, yeah, like that, you know, who it is that I'm representing is this ideal of myself, you know, on the channel. And that only comes a certain way. And like to be, you know, to be not rigid, but to be, you know, to have the, in some ways, the courage to take the position. Discipline. You know, and the discipline to take that position, you know, has been something that has taken years to really kind of grow. How did that play into the decision? You mentioned the brand
0: change and you talked about the logo, but from going from Kirby Allison's hangar Project to Kirby Allison or KirbyAllison.com, yeah. what, what was the process there? You know,
1: I mean, so whenever we started the YouTube channel, I think it was maybe Hangar Project in the first few days, but very soon after that, we changed the name of the YouTube channel to Kirby Allison because the YouTube channel was me. It was Kirby Allison. Like that felt natural. Mm. Right. And then ultimately for the business, it kind of was like the tail that wagged the dog. Right. I mean, we had this massive presence on YouTube under Kirby Allison, and then we were still calling the business Kirby Allison's Hanger Project and three quarters of our revenue had nothing to do about hangers. And so at some point, and again, we probably waited too long. It just became silly. Uh, And so in that way, it was a pretty easy decision. But it was one that, you know, we probably were, or I probably was too, um, you know, too slow to make. Yeah. What advice would you give
0: someone who wants to delve into YouTube and the world of video if they were just
1: getting started? Maybe what would you do differently if you were starting out now? Yeah. You know, it's a question that we receive. I mean I would encourage people to do YouTube, right? I mean so long as they've got something that they have to say. Mm-hmm. I think it is one of the most profound, meaningful and powerful platforms that you know we've seen in the last you know decade. It's incredible. Your ability to you know get in front of people that were never looking for you is unmatched. Um and so I, I, I'm highly encouraging of people to do it. Um, you know, my advice is, is, you know, you just have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so don't let this idea or the fear of not doing it right stop you from doing anything. I mean, there are professionals such as yourselves, uh, you know, that you can hire to help you. Right. And so reach out for help and support, you know, if you can afford it. Um, but if not, like, I mean, you just have to be you just have to say, you know, we're going to try it and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, investing in some cameras um, is important and, you know, trying to spend as much money as you can afford to spend in equipment will, uh, you know, help make whatever you do in the beginning better.
0: Mm. Um, One of my favorite sayings is don't let the good get in the way of the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely no! Right? I think it's just the opposite. Don't let the perfect get in the, in the way, way of good. good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> there's my words of wisdom yeah. for the day. Well, what's the uh, wh- yeah. what's the dream yeah. for you? You know, there's 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 so many other iconic, and again, I, we you you, you referred to yourself as the anti-fashion in some ways. Yeah. but but when someone's namesake is their brand, you can't help but think of Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Or Tommy Hilfiger. So, mm-hmm. have you put a stake in the ground as far as Kirby Allison will be X.
1: I think that and this sounds terrible, right? But like in some ways, I feel like we've already achieved the dream, to be completely frank. I mean, I love what I do, right? I get to travel the world and meet interesting people and tell their stories. I mean, I joke that the cameras are, you know, what I you know, use to kind of sneak my way through the door, you know, is showing up at the cameras, right? Um, And, you know, I've been able to build a business that allows me to continue to do what it is that I'm passionate about. Um, So, uh, you know, I don't really see, you know, I look to the next five to 10 years, like it's not really doing anything that's fundamentally different. It's really scaling it and doing it at a higher level. Right. So, you know, like now we publish on YouTube, you know, I'd love to be able to have larger budgets and bigger crews and do something that's published on Netflix or, you know, to a larger distribution audience. Um, you know, I'd love people to actually pay us for the work that we do. You know, YouTube gives us no money barely. (laughs) Um, and you know, a lot of these big brands, you know, you know, think that, you know, you should be privileged to do it for them. Uh Um, and I feel like oftentimes what they don't understand is it is expensive. There's a limit to how much that we can afford to spend. Right. Of course. And so, you know, to the extent that we have someone helping subsidize the work that we're doing is, you know, for them to really see that it is allowing us to do a better job telling hopefully a story that's meaningful and valuable to them. Yeah. But Um, of course,
0: having sponsors has its downside also, right? I mean, I know you're not an editorialist, you're not a journalist, but you also don't want to be bought and paid for.
1: Well, and I think that that's, you know... Uh, you know kind of a uh, you know a tight rope that we have to walk yeah. right which is that you know we don't want to be bought and paid for like I mean we do you know maintain a certain degree of like editorial independence right but at that same time you know we're doing this because we want to not because we have to and if we are telling a story you know we're okay The you know for the brands you know or the people with whom we work having influence in how it is that we language that and tell it Um, you know, so long as that it's not misrepresenting anything, right. Or inauthentic. Right. Right. And, you know, those would be pretty, pretty, you know, strong red lines for us. Right. And if we found ourselves in a position where someone was asking us to say something that we felt would misrepresent the authenticity or the truth, you know, we would probably just, you know, not just maybe, I mean, if not out, is just did not talk about that. Okay, so we're nearing the end of our time together. Go on, fortunately, you know, creating am um, lo- loving this.
0: <laughs> well, and I absolutely. I mean, the, the, your story. Is we don't remarkable. do this enough. I mean, we need to have <laughs> you know you and Nikki over and uh, you know do
1: this proper you know, over drinks and uh, dinner. But uh, yeah,
0: uh, that sounds great, too.
1: Let's do we have a lightning round. Yes. Right. Okay. So
0: some of these are, are bespoke just for you. Ah, excellent. <laughs> and then others we we
1: ask. No all pressure. Of our guests. No, no pressure at all. OK, what I have to ask you, favorite video you've ever shot? You know, we filmed a video at Duke's Bar in London, right? With Alessandro Palazzi, he's like a famous bartender and you know besides like you know it's funny a little anecdote about the video right is that we filmed it in reverse order so we filmed him making the martinis first and then the greeting introduction second and if you have a keen eye you'll see that you know as i walk in to greet alessandro in the beginning of that video I'm probably already a little bit tipsy a little friendlier than you might have been. (laughs) And it just was one of those moments to like be able to film there with Alessandro. This like I mean, he's like a world famous bartender at like my favorite bar in the entire world. Was just like a moment of like, this is awesome. That's fantastic.
0: Now, I'm not going to ask you about favorite brands or anything like that, because that wouldn't be fair. But I would like to know what's the
1: favorite piece you have in your wardrobe? It's another impossible question. <laughs> uh, you know, I find that my favorite piece in many ways is always the most recent thing that's been made. Mm. Right? And, and in this case it is? Well, I mean, I'm wearing my Kent Haste you know, bespoke suit. This is, uh, you know, a uh, beautiful Kent Haste tweed and nice plush brown flannels. And it's perfect for the weather outside today. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's one of the first, you know, kind of bespoke items I have made in London. And we had an incredible series that we filmed with ken haste you know we called it our double bespoke commission because wonderful you know there were two cutters and each made one thing and it was again one of our most popular series uh
0: you've given me lots of advice over the years what's a fashion faux pas that
1: you are also guilty of sometimes not dressing truly appropriately for the environment or the occasion Um, and in my case that often means i'm way overdressed sure and so you know i think i've had to tone it down a little bit at the kids schools Mm. you know like walking into you know certain parent meetings or parent social gatherings like too well dressed right because that makes people feel uncomfortable yeah and so you know i've had to learn to kind of take the tie off and you know you know you know loosen it a little bit but so as I tell my boys, you can
0: always take the tie off. Yeah. You can never put it on. What's better to be overdressed that. than underdressed? That's right. That's right. Um, uh, do you have a piece that you really want to add to your
1: wardrobe that you don't have currently? I mean, I'm like, at so, I've got so much clothes right now. But you know what <laughs> I really need that I don't have, right? And I want to add this is a proper like Savile Row or properly, proper British bespoke city suit. Right. I mean, I've got tweeds, I've got a tuxedo being made. Right. But like just a standard, like dark gray, herringbone city suit. Very good. I don't have that. Right. And it goes back to, it's like, it was one of the first things I've ever had made because it was foundational. Right. And so now in my wardrobe, it's like the oldest piece doesn't really fit as well as it used to. You said a tuxedo, navy or black? Well, I mean, you know,
0: midnight, blue would mm. be, you know, the color. Very um, good. Favorite YouTube channel,
1: besides your own. Oh, that's another red. Difficult question. I'm guilty of not, i watched so much of my own videos during the proofing process. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Doug tomorrow, like Doug, the Doug score. Uh-huh. So he's a car review guy. I really kind of enjoy his, he has, what is, what he has a, he has a saying. It's like, you know, the corks, what does he call it? It's like, you know, the corks, You know, the features, the quirks. Anyway, he's got a really kind of interesting, like, slogan that I enjoy. And uh, he does great car reviews. I enjoy cars. All right.
0: You've had some fantastic travels. Name a country you haven't been to but really want to go to to do a video.
1: A country that I haven't been to, Uh right, or a country that I haven't filmed in. Oh, how about both? Yeah. Um, I've never been to Japan, okay? And I think Japan, when you look at craftsmanship and tradition is like, you know, in the pantheon of the greats. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I'd love to go to Japan. Right. And it, it could be, it's not a 2024 project. It could be a 2025 project. Okay. Because it would be a substantial project, but you know, I would love to go to Japan and really kind of explore that country. Excellent. Um, so that's a country that I've never been to and never filmed in. A country that I've been to but never filmed that, that I want to film in, is Mexico. Right? Mexico City. Absolutely. You know, my wife's from Mexico City. Beautiful. And, um, you know, they've got, I mean, they're importer of Cuban cigars. Max Gutman, like, was one of my early influences in smoking. Mm -hmm. And he apparently has, like, a legendary humidor in Mexico City that he said that we could go film in anytime we're there. And so it's like, I'm, you know, really, you know, hot to get to Mexico because I'm like, I want to go Fantastic. film that. Mexico City's Mexico city. All right.
0: For every guest we ask, what was your favorite subject in school? Mm. You know, I enjoyed math. Major in college? Uh, Business. Favorite holiday? Christmas. Favorite hobby?
1: Smoking a cigar. (laughs) Favorite guilty pleasure? (laughs) Smoking a cigar. You know, my favorite (laughs) guilty pleasure is in fact, um, hand-pressed sheets. Uh, Very good. Favorite movie the game with Michael Douglas jumps out. Favorite day of the week. Mm. Sunday, hidden, hidden superpower or talent. I don't have any hidden superpowers that are funny, but I'd say that, you know, one of the superpowers that, you know, I've come to kind of embrace through work is the ability to really relate with other people and that's something that I think I'm good at. And it's something that I enjoy. So, uh, and it's something that I think has allowed me in the YouTube channel, you know, to, to, to do it well, is, uh, you know, really kind of being able to explain other people's virtues better than they can. Yeah. And that's a big part of what I help people do, um, is to, you know, understand what makes what they do special and articulate that. Um, in many cases, you know, better than they would otherwise articulate it themselves. Well, part of being a gentleman is rapport and making people feel special. Yeah, and so, and I enjoy that. I mean, there's so many incredible people that have these just magnificent stories and can't tell it themselves. I mean, you do this with your work, right? It's helping people figure out how to really, you know, champion their own stories. And, um, you know, we do that for people that I think deserve to be helped and saved i mean i see that you know a lot of these heritage brands and these bespoke artisans i mean it's like an endangered species yeah. right and so and i think that like they need all the help they can get right because what they do really is special and valuable mm-hmm. and so to be out there and kind of bang the drums you know advocating you know for their work um is uh, is something that i think is significant Uh, Last question.
0: One person, alive or dead, if you had to pick to have dinner with or a cigar,
1: who would it be? Who would it be? Mm. Uh, I would love to have a cigar with, you know, King George. Great pick. You know, great pick. You know, it's like. I often joke, it's like, anytime I'm in a beautiful place, all I can think about is smoking a cigar there. <laughs> and uh, we did this lightning round with Eddie Salkin once of like top 10 places we wanna smoke a cigar. I think number one is like Buckingham Palace, because how cool would it be to smoke a cigar in Buckingham Palace? I imagine you yeah. will have that chance You know, before so, too long. Um, and those walls, you know, it's been too long. I was, you know, I, I know you're trying to wrap up, but I'm gonna to tell a funny anecdote, which is that I was in New York recently And I was at, you know, one of the clubs there, like one of the gentlemen's clubs. And, you know, New York, of course, you can't smoke indoor anywhere, right? I'm a staunch believer that the only civilized place to smoke is inside. Smoke cigars, not cigarettes, it's different, right? So I'm not, you know, advocating, you know, lighting up a cigarette in your mom's, you know, living room. But uh, it was a cold, windy night and I was like, I really need a cigar. So I went into the library and it was empty and lit up a cigar. I was smoking inside, very much against the rules of the club. It's <laughs> holiday party season, finally, someone comes in to kick me out. You know, after like thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and I joked that it, uh, you know my cigar smoke was the only civilized thing that that library had seen in a week of holiday parties. <laughs> <laughs> Do they agree? <laughs> they still kick. You know, you out. It, it somehow came off cynical. I meant it like uh, you know, I'm doing a, you a favor. Yeah, I meant it. You know, more humorously. <laughs>
0: Kirby Allison, it is so impressive to hear your stories and how you have harnessed the power of YouTube. Three quarters of a million followers on YouTube, Kirby Allison and KirbyAllison.com. Thanks so much for joining us. See y'all next time on Reputation Matters. We hope you've enjoyed
1: this episode of Reputation Matters. Find us at sunwestpr.com or your favorite podcast streaming service. Until next time.